0: This is The Pen and the Yod. This week's Torah portion is a double Torah portion of Nitzavim and Vayelach. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anche at Synagogue in Chicago sits down with author Jonathan Igg and talks about
1: Hayom, the power of today. Here's today's question. Do you keep a to-do list? In other words, when you get up in the morning, do you fill out a to-do list? Do you check things off? Are you meticulous about that or you just take things as they come? I do not
0: keep a to-do list. I'll occasionally jot a little post-it note with a reminder of things that I want to get done or things that I might, people I might forget to call, uh, or somebody who I owe a visit to and I've been putting off and I'll occasionally post-it note something, but I do not. I tend to just, uh, see where the day carries me uh, and sometimes to my
1: detriment. I am a big to-do list person. I fill out a to-do list. I look at them. I really try to keep them and yet, I can't remember the last time that I did everything on my to-do list for a given day. Well, you have a much bigger list than I do. You have people counting on you every day. I'm just here alone in my cave. With- <laughs> well, that's, uh, that sounds a little inviting at this point in time. It's busy. But I find that if I don't have a to-do list, that I will be less, less efficient with my time and I'll accomplish less. So in a way, that to-do list is a constant conversation about today, like, what am I doing today, and how can I make the most out of today? The word for today in Hebrew is hayom, and in our portion, Nitzavim Vayelach, which is actually a double portion, Moses is fixated on the word hayom, and in a way, um, he's giving the his final charges in the book of Deuteronomy is sort of the ultimate Jewish to-do list, um, looking at the present but also looking at the future. And he uses the word "hayom," today, five times in maybe uh, seven or eight verses. You stand here this day to the end that he may establish you this day as his people. Just as I join upon you this day, you sort of you get the idea. So, what do you think about that kind of urgency and this focus on today? Well, I think it's great. It strikes me as a really useful reminder that
0: every day counts. To uh, to use the cliche, you know, there's a lot of cliches around the, the, one day at a time, make every day count, treat every day as if it's the you know the the last day of your life. You know, th- there are all of these you know happy cat poster slogans around this, but I think it's it's valid. I mean, every day could be your last. These cliches are, uh, you know, are cliches for a reason. Um, and and I think it's really interesting that, that Moses, you know, late in life is repeating that word over and over. What, if, what have you got besides like a series of days and you don't know how many you've got?
1: Well, that, I think that's an important point. Moses is literally at the end of his life. He knows it. God has told him. We're now at the last speeches And yet he is still speaking with an urgency. One of the interesting things about Moses is that he never gives up. He doesn't just throw up his hands and say, good luck, guys. I'll take my gold watch and walk into the sunset. He wants to be a living presence. The question is, in this COVID-19 universe that we're living in, when days sort of flow into weeks where you might ask somebody, what day is it again today? Because we're sort of out of, so out of sync and there are days when you just don't leave your house at all that we may have lost part of the urgency of today. Hayom, we can wait till tomorrow. Manana kind of idea.
0: Yeah, I'm even, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, I'm just going to wait till next year, right? Like this year is written off. Nothing good can happen this year. And all of the things that I look forward to doing are, have been canceled. So. People are already saying, uh, well, let's just think about what we can do next year. And that's, uh, talk about not making your days count. You know, it's so hard right now. We're living in this such a strange time. I think we all feel like the sense of normalcy is gone. The ways that we mark the seasons, the ways that we mark our days. I haven't opened my Google calendar in months to see if I have anything scheduled. So it does tend to allow you to slip a little bit
1: and to not value the days as much and just wish to get this over with. In a way, people are just kind of writing off the year. And look, Russia Hashanah is around the corner. And I have to tell you that 5780, there's kind of good riddance. I mean, I'm really kind of happy that this is ending and maybe we can get off to a better start. But at the same time, right outside our door, literally in Chicago, there are marches going on. There's violence taking place. There are lots of people saying, no, we need to see change today, not tomorrow. We're not waiting anymore. We're going forward. It's kind of this um, ironic moment when we're kind of sequestered in our homes Kind of dealing with time and yet right outside there's urgency. There's urgency in the upcoming election. There's urgency as to how people are going to pay their bills and congressional bills that are going to help alleviate some of that economic suffering, which are stalled right now as of this, of this podcast. So where's the urgency and is urgency a positive?
0: Yeah. You know, I think you're right that some of this sense of being lost in time can be useful if it allows us to to sit back and to think a little bit about the world that we're trapped in and how we want to change it. I was really reflecting about the um, NBA recently and how the players shut down the league for several days in protest of the pol- the latest terrible police shooting in Kenosha. And it occurred to me that if those players had been going about their daily lives, traveling, trying to make time for their families, between games, doing endless media interviews, playing basketball, they would not have had the time to reflect and to come together and to decide as a group that there was something more important than basketball to them. The fact that they were sequestered in this in this bubble, they're not with their families, they don't have as much pressing on them, they have time to sit together and talk about what's important. Um, I think all of that made the protest possible for them and it really enlightened them in a way that they might not have been enlightened
1: had they been busier. Huh. So this is ultimately kind of a time for more reflection as well time when we can actually use that opportunity to kind of think for a minute before we act and or think so we can act and understand the urgency of the moment. Absolutely. What is most important
0: to me when the world is safe again and I can begin to travel, where is it important for me to go? Uh, Who is it important for me to see? What goals do I want to work on? How do I want to you know, help to change the world. All of these things, um, when we're in these bubbles, are issues that we can reflect on, and so that when we are free to go about our lives again, uh, we can prioritize and we can, you know, make that to do list that you've got uh, that
1: I that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in a way, that's kind of what Moses is ultimately saying. Rashi, the great commentator, says that this teaches that Moses on the day of his death gathered together before God to bring them into the covenant. In other words, in rabbinic thought, Moses is talking about Hayom on the last day of his life. And there are rabbinic teachings that tell us that you should live your life as if this is your last day. What would you accomplish? And that is a sobering idea, but this COVID-19 has also sobered us. It's also made us think about what our priorities are, what matters today. What's going to matter tomorrow, right? That phone call that you've been putting off, that letter that you needed to write, that apology that needed to be given, needs to be given today because life is so frenetic and destabilized. How do I know what's going to happen tomorrow?
0: Yeah, and it's not just the um, the shutdown. It's not just the quarantine. It's also knowing that there's this invisible killer out there. That, you know, you, someone in your home could already be carrying this. It's a scary, scary virus. And that makes you think also about what do you do if these are your last days? If it comes for me, am I ready? Those are hard things, but Rosh Hashanah is exactly when we should be. Right.
1: We think about those moments of real mortality. But I guess what I started to think about was, Part of the destabilization is that we have lost our relationship with time. Think about kids going back to school, right? This is something that's on your mind, it's on my mind, it's on everyone's mind. So kids were going to go back to school, and now they're not going back to school. You know, we have a daughter who's a senior in a a university. You've got teenagers, and they're out there, and do they go? Do they not go? Or are we just sort of like saying, I'm going to put everything off. My life is on hold until this virus is over. And I think Moses is saying, no, it doesn't actually work like that. What can you do today? And how can I live with urgency today that's going to make a difference, not only for today, but for tomorrow?
0: Yeah, I think that's the, the real challenge. And, you know, it's hard enough to do it for yourself then to think about how you can help your, your children or your parents or your grandparents. Um, find some day-to-day meaning and value. But they're really important questions because you you can't do it alone. You have to try to reach out to other people and A, help them or or B, uh, engage with them and listen to them and see how they're doing, and what they need. And it's harder when you do
1: it at a distance. How do I make today count is the ultimate question. And who do I make it count with? It's an interesting issue. And it's an important issue. And I'm thinking about a story that took place in Talmudic Europe with, uh, Rabbi Joshua, he bumps into Elijah, the prophet of all people. Elijah's, of course, been dead for hundreds of years, but he's a convenient foil for the rabbis because he's taken up to heaven in a fiery chariot. So he doesn't actually die in the Bible. So the rabbis kind of pull him out and he like, he comes to our Seder. Elijah is kind of ubiquitous in that way. So. Elijah, as you know, is the forerunner of the Messiah. So Rabbi Joshua sees him and he says, oh, my gosh, the the Messiah is coming today, he's thinking. So he runs up to him and he says, Elijah, when is the Messiah coming? And Elijah says, today. Hayom, he's coming today. (laughs) Rabbi Joshua is like, oh, my God, where is he? He says, well, Elijah says, he's staying, you know, by the lepers. And if you remember the movie Ben-Hur, you understand that this is like a really scary place. And of all places where you would expect to see the Messiah, a leper colony is probably not one of them because leprosy was so fearful. But Rabbi Joshua says, I'm going to go see him. How will I know him? He says, well, he's the one who's wrapping and unwrapping his bandages every day. Evidently, they would cover their skin with bandages. But after a while, people would give up hope that things were going to change today, and they would stop wrapping and unwrapping them. But the Messiah thinks that maybe he's going to get called today, and therefore he's the one with all of his bandages wrapped tight. So Rabbi Joshua runs there, and he says, when are you coming? The Messiah says, Hayom, today. Says Rabbi Joshua now has verification. He runs to all of his friends, says, get ready. The Messiah is coming today, and he doesn't come. You know, nighttime comes, he wakes up in the morning, and his friends are saying, nice going. Right. And really that, that, that worked out well. Yeah. Got us all excited for nothing. And Rabbi Joshua's walking down the street and he's pretty dejected. And who does he bump into? But Elijah again. He says, Elijah, you lied to me. What are you talking about? He says, you told me the Messiah was coming today. And Elijah laughs and he says to him, Oh no. And, I, and when I went to the Messiah, he said, I'm coming. Hayom, Today. So Elijah says, you misunderstood him. He was quoting a verse from scripture, which says, I would come today if only you would allow me to. In other words, that possibility of profound change, of a new day, a new era, is dependent on what we do, Hayom, today, not tomorrow. And I think it's a powerful, powerful idea, especially when we feel like we're living through the ten plagues.
0: Yeah, that's really powerful. And it, it warms me, I think, against saying that I'll do it next year. You know, next year I'll be able to make up for all the things I'm missing. Next year I'll be able to dedicate myself. Next year I'll start exercising,
1: right? All of that. You got to do it today because today is all we have, right? Well, I think that's what that was what Moses was saying. And uh, what are we going to do today is the question. And how can we make a difference? Thanks, Jonathan. This Thanks. was fun.